Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of Modern Chiropractic Mastery. Today, I have an exciting interview with Dr. Noda Hashimoto, and he is a chiropractor, but also now really involved in software as a service, and we dive into a lot about knowing your numbers. His TrackStat software does a lot of that. It does everything from understanding what your OVA is to uh, being able to track all, if you do personal injury, like I do some personal injury, and one of the things, we have like these Google Sheets everywhere, uh, trying to track all that, and like, did we get that person to this other provider, and, and all that, he's got that in there, he's got the ability to do that. He has the ability to understand like, okay, what are some of your best paying patients? What are some of your most loyal patients? What are your actual numbers, OVAs, and new patient values so we can actually make great decisions in your practice, whether it be marketing or internal uh, communications? And there's just a lot going on uh, in the private practice of a chiropractor, and so many of you are really flying blind. And in this episode, we dive into um, how not to fly blind, understand the dashboard of your practice and some of the things to look out for. And we go through a myriad of great topics to help grow your practice. He is a chiropractor by trade, built a phenomenal practice, knew a lot of the struggles, and, and ultimately has um, done a lot to help chiropractors out with that. And you're going to get a lot out of this uh, interview. Before we dive into that, I want to mention we've got the virtual summit, the CSA Practice Accelerator Summit, and there's really a few different um, subgroups. We have 12 presentations. We really narrowed down the topics we wanted. We wanted to have uh, really good, pertinent information to help you accelerate your practice, and so we built out a kind of a curriculum, and then we uh, cherry-picked some speakers within that topic. Sometimes we had some speakers that we really wanted, and we were able to get them to, to go through a, a particular topic that was really helpful uh, for, for chiropractors. And as I looked through this last week, I was like, we really have kind of three tracks. We're not running it as three tracks, but there's going to be four presentations on clinical expertise. We've got Gray Cook talking about stacking your vital information with a movement point of view. We have Brett Winchester and Taylor Premer beyond clinical expertise, the intangibles necessary for success in the treatment room. We have Jay Greenstein, Adjusted Reality, Three Game-Changing Secrets of AI and Digital Care Delivery. We have Chris Chippendale, The 95% Foolproof Plan, Discussing Ethical and Effective Treatment Plans Without Ever Feeling You're Selling. And that's the clinical expertise track. We have the marketing track, which is going to be Jeff Langmaid, How to Generate 25-Plus Reactivations in the Next 30 Days. Myself, Marketing Planning That Actually Works. We have Lindsay Muma, who's going to be discussing niching and re-niching for practice growth. And then Darcy Sullivan, Rise to the Top of Google, Three Simple Steps to Mapping Out a Successful SEO Campaign. And so that's the marketing track, four presentations in there. Then finally, the practice development track. We're excited to have Mark King talk about leadership and practice culture, so important nowadays. We have John Morrison, Scaling in the New Era, How to Use AI to Build a Smarter, More Efficient, and Faster Practice. Bobby Maybe, the, the, the Crucial Seven, Key Pieces to Unlocking Success Puzzle. And then lastly, Holly Tucker, Beyond Your Books, Profit First for Chiropractors. So three tracks, clinical expertise, marketing, 
and practice development. You can go to bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash CSA summit. That is bit.ly forward slash CSA summit. Without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Noda Hashimoto. Before we get to today's show, I'm excited to tell you about a great product that will help your patients find quicker relief and help you get better outcomes. Stop Pain Clinical is a great way to provide a safe, effective pain relief alternative to NSAIDs and opioids while you diagnose and treat the underlying cause. It works on contact to provide fast, long-lasting pain relief from sprains, strains, bruises, arthritis, muscle aches, joint, and back pain. How does it do that? Stop Pain Clinical has 10% menthol plus MSM and glucosamine. Great for joint pain. It is formulated with penetration enhancers and skin conditioners, so it works fast, feels great, and it is sweat resistant. And also, the spray is awesome with kinesiology tape, so your athletes will love it. You can just spray that right on before you put the tape. Phenomenal combination. They also have this great new migraine and headache relief topical. I know I've been using it. My wife's been using it. You place a little bit of the cream right onto that deep occipital as the base of the skull. Really helps give you some relief from that unrelenting headache and migraine, so great for your patients. You can learn more about Stop Pain Clinical at stopa.in forward slash MCM, and you get a free intro pack of Stop Pain Clinical products. Again, that's stopa.in forward slash MCM. Great news too is Stop Pain Clinical topical analgesics are available exclusively through chiropractors and other healthcare professionals so they have another great reason to visit you and tell their friends. All right, Doc, welcome to the show. I really appreciate your time. I uh, really am excited to dive into this uh, topic of stats and indicators, leading and trailing, all kinds of good things that people can start to actually measure and dive into it and what that means for your practice, what it means for your personal life, frankly. And so it'll be a great conversation. I'm excited to have it. Before we dive into it, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself personally and professionally, and then we'll go from there. Um, yeah. So I um, grew up in rural Canada. I live in California now. Uh, a lot of people don't assume that I grew up on a farm. And uh, actually started out my career going into dental school. Uh, my parents wanted me to be a dentist. I didn't know anything about being a dentist, but, you know, dentists made money and they want me to be a dentist. We grew up, I would say just above the low poverty level. So like lower middle class, maybe, or upper lower class. And um, yeah, got in a head-on car accident, kind of like a lot of us had our path into chiropractic, did physical therapy, over-the-counter medications for six months. At the end of that, I still had a ton of neck pain, kind of like radiating pain, kind of like because I had two disbulges from that. And then um, someone suggested I see a chiropractor. I didn't really know what they were, um, but I figured that was... They wanted to send me to an ortho, like a orthopedic surgeon. And when you're in your early twenties and someone says you need to go see an orthopedic surgeon, it's like, I just freaked out. And, um, that's kind of what started. And within three visits, I was 50% better within two months. Not only was I way better, all my acne went away from the dermatologist I was seeing for five years. Uh, I asked him time and time again, if my diet had something to do with it. And he put me on paleo 20 something years ago and yeah, it fixed my acne got rid of like some digestive problems, got rid of my neck and back pain, got rid of the radiating pain. And it just had a huge impact on my life. And that's when I decided this is what I want to do. 
And then, yeah, yeah like from there, you know, went to school, LACC, um, graduated in 07 and worked for one of my mentors for a year um, that was in Washington. And then my wife hated Washington because she's from San Diego. And then so we, she convinced me to move down to Southern California and we settled in the Palm Springs area. And then, yeah, like grew up a practice, like we grinded hard. I had mentors all along the way. Like I was renting a room for 450 bucks a month and I was collecting over 60 grand cash with no employees. Like that was in my 10th month out of practice. Like I just, we just, I did everything that my coaches and mentors told me to do. So it was, you know, we kind of rocketed up fairly quickly and yeah, grew a multidisciplinary practice and uh, ended up starting a software company. The story that got into that, that was uh, a long story because we got into the Facebook ads way early on. Uh, you know, like way back in the day, they were like crazy successful. And then we were doing um, essentially like these Facebook seminars, which are popular now, but like, you know, like 10 years ago, they weren't popular. So we were rocking at that. And then we actually ended up turning, starting a seminar business where we were doing about 100 to 200 uh, stem cell seminars for these MDDC clinics a month. And then I ended up hiring an engineer and uh that in between projects he actually was building tracks that not to sell and then you know i was like at a certain point we just decided that this is kind of what we wanted to do there was a couple things that happened there was a infighting with uh, two partners that weren't getting along with each other and then covid happening and then my dad actually passed away um not from covid but like that year and i just remember everything leading up to that it at the very end it wasn't about the money the cards it was just like meaning and purpose and experience and that's kind of like i remember it was 2019 where i just told my wife i want to shut it all down and this is what i want to do because you know like i feel like and i've listened to your podcast enough like with chiropractors we're in kind of like you call it a death spiral and I, I'm not going to disagree, but like insurance reimbursements going down, revenue goes down. Now people can't pay associates as much. And then with less average income, you'll have less people going to schools. And, you know, like a lot of people say chiropractors and physical therapists are totally different, but like to an outside lay person, you know, we both treat musculoskeletal conditions without drugs or surgery. Yep. And why is there like 200 and 30 or 40,000 physical therapists in the country. And there's like 65 to 68,000 chiropractors. So I was like, I just think that if more clinics had more profit at the end of the year, they could pay doctors more, hire coaches, buy equipment and make a bigger impact. So like, this is kind of like, that's like my BHAG. Like I would, yeah. my goal is, you know, get like 10,000 chiropractors, an extra 20 to 30 grand cash profit at the end of the year. Yeah. So. And that's, you know, and I think we're on that same mission because, and I know a lot of our evidence informed chiropractors listening, they're, you know, they're starving artists. They're, they're all about the clinical, which uh, I love the clinical. I'm a clinician at heart. I'm not saying don't focus on the clinical, but they do it to the detriment of everything, profit and, and their, and their sanity and their, and their financial well-being, and And then ultimately they can't even provide the ultimate experience for their patients because of that, uh, like you said, death spiral. And so 
the the profit thing's important. And, and I was sharing with you prior to hit and record. I was just was up uh, at the Scheduling Institute's training center, and it's just a first class experience. All of their programs have a pretty high ticket cost to it, and so they attract a certain level of dentists and chiropractors and other types of providers. But the amount of profit that I'm assuming they're having is is really allowing them to hire first class people, get provide per, first class experiences first class office space. I mean, it's just, it's just nice. If you wanted to buy a shockwave machine or a laser or decompression, you wanted to buy like some kind of a modality, you're not going to hand and ha over it. You're going to just pay for it. And then you could afford to just pay for it outright rather than doing these outrageous interest rates that they have today when you're doing equipment financing. So it's just, it, it just, unfortunately with the death spiral, it spirals in a crappy way. And then when it spirals in a good way, it just kind of snowballs in a good way. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're trying to provide as much information as we can. Uh, so did you close the practice and now you're focused really on tracks that is that correct? Yeah, I still own the building and still have a practice. I've just like, yeah. kind of like winded it down to like super simple one yeah. doc, two staff and like one intern, but yeah, it's still a high net office. It's funny you say that. Cause I actually, uh, had posted my Facebook group about how I, I did my 10-year review before I did my 10-year uh, in, in advance. And I look back in 10 years, you know, 10 years ago, I had two locations, Bogerton, Miami. I own my office real estate. We had six, five or six corporate locations where we're doing on-site care. There's like a lot of things going on and it was nice, you know, a lot of good revenue, good profits, but a lot of headache. And when I started to understand margin and opportunity costs is when I said, okay, we're going to start offloading some things. I sold the Miami office. I uh, got rid of the corporate locations slowly. And, and then I just really have consolidated things a lot in my practice because, you know, like you, now I'm focusing on MCM and really diving into that and trying to help, help chiropractors. And so sometimes you do get to that point where uh, there's a, that great little saying, and I, I forget who it is. I, I wrote it down. I, I know someone that wrote it that actually came up with it, but it's, you know, volume is vanity cash is sanity and, or no, sorry, profit is sanity and cash is reality, right? And that's, that's essentially where we want to try to get to. Sometimes it definitely, you know, more volume, if you do it right, that has great margins going to obviously be really good. And so we can get there. And I want to segue now into the, how do we actually start making accurate decisions to improve revenue, to improve profits, to be able to reinvest in that appropriately and that's why I really wanted to have you on today to, to start understanding that. The first thing I want to dive into is this idea of kind of the leading indicators, lagging indicators, understanding leading indicators, even bonusing off that perhaps, you know, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Like, um, I think you should always tie in a bonus. Um, it's just, people want to keep score. Um, you know, you played sports, I played sports. I like sports and there's always a scoreboard. It's like, you know, in books, they talk about how boring it would be to watch a game if the scoreboard was covered. You'd just be watching it. And it's just, it's it's not the same. And, um, you know, there can be individual scoreboards and a team scoreboard. So like, if we look at a lagging indicator, so like, let's call like collections. Let's look at office collections. It's great. You look at it later on. And that's a lagging indicator because there's a lot of things that have to happen before that. If you're insurance, you have to build things. If you were like PI on a lien, you might build things one or two years before you actually collect on that. There's office visits, there's new patients or new patient show rates. There's a percentage of people that make it from the first visit to the second visit. 
the percentage of your conversions, your show rates, there's all those things. And those are leading compared to collections. Um, I like to focus on like the most leading indicator. And the reason why I like high leading indicators because they change if you catch those early. Like if you look at like, say the percentage of people leaving your office with the future scheduled appointment, like, um, and we'll talk about dentists. Like, hey, have you ever been to the dentist and left without a future appointment? No. They are like phenomenal. Like out of all the professions out there, they are the freaking best at scheduling people. It's like, I left one time my friend's office, uh, one of my buddies is a dentist. I was just in a hurry. It was like for patients. I left. It was nine months. I get my teeth cleaned every four months. Because I remember I asked him, what's one of the best things that you do for hygiene? He's like, just go in one more time per year. And I was like, that's it? Yeah. So you just, um, so normally I do it four months. And it's not that I didn't think it was important. It's not that I didn't want to do it. It's not that I couldn't afford to do it. I just got busy. And it was nine months and they called me out. It's like, Dr. Ishmael, where are you? I was like, oh, crap. I totally <laughs> forgot. And your patients are the same way. They're busy. They got kids. They got soccer practice. They got baseball practice. They got football, they got work, they got all this other stuff happening. So they kind of forget. So if you just schedule people when they leave, that's it. And with dentists, they have that kind of like, kind of like essentially that wall to block people from coming out. So one of the things that we do is we always, if they don't have a future scheduled appointment when they arrive, we schedule them when they arrive. Why wait till they come out, right? Because your front desk could be on the phone. And like, that's one thing. If you get that number at 75%, or higher, your practice is growing. I would say after looking at hundreds of offices, our average client is around 50%. Our top clients are 75%. Now, some people think that it should be 100%. And I don't think there's right or wrong with any statistic. There's a norm. So like I have some clients that obsess about 100 and they hit high 90s, but those clinics they don't get any new patients other than a referral. They take all insurance. So everyone accepts care. And so if you were all insurance and no one paid anything out of pocket and you did it all by referral, you could probably hit close to 100%. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's that normal. But if you're advertising and let's say you're doing prepays and you're doing out-of-pocket expenses, you're never gonna get 100%, right? Because if you're hitting 100% your cash, and it's out of pocket, it means your prices are too low. Yep. So like, I think 75 is a good number. Um, you know, if you do more insurance, it could go up to like 85, 90, but you have a normal range. So let's say that normally you're hovering between 85 and 92 and you get a new front desk and it drops down to 60%, you can change that right away before it hits your collections, which is way down the road. So that's a leading indicator that I like because uh, it's easy for people to understand. It's easy to measure. If you had tracks to add, it'd be really easy to measure because it's 100% <laughs> automated for you. Um, so that's why I like making sure people leave with a future schedule appointment. The other, one of the other ones that I like a lot is increasing your dollar per visit average. Um, that's not a leading indicator, but like if you increase what you collect per visit and you schedule people for their visits when they leave and you, you know, increase your office visits, now you're running a profitable practice. And like we could get into like other metrics, but a lot of people, I think they get hung up on PVA and I've never liked PVA. Yeah, um, PVA, it, yeah it, it's got its flaws for sure. 
All right, Docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors, and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five seo secrets to owning the first page of google uh, without buying ads and darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. I want to, I want to touch on both of those. Um, the no futures. I know I've heard Jay, we mentioned Jay Greenstein. He connected us. Like he seems to connect everybody, which is awesome. Um, I've heard him call it like a no futures. And, and so we've implemented that as well, where, I want to know the patients that have no future appointment when they should, right? And then we make sure we try to schedule them. If they give us some kind of like, oh, schedule online or this and that, like we we write it down. If we don't hear from them a couple of days, we touch base them. We don't harass them, but we definitely try to make sure that we get that. I'm glad you gave me a number of 75%. What was the average you said? Was it 15 or 50%? 50. I'd say average, average chiropractic clinic you know, after looking at hundreds of these practices, mm -hmm. I'd say average is 50%. Uh, people that block schedule appointments, like future schedule, like they schedule a, like a treatment plan, 12, 15, 24, whatever it is, um, they tend to be higher. So I would say if people get more new patients from referrals mm -hmm. and it would be like kind of like, like our subluxation based practices that we have as clients, and if they're a part of like a coaching group, like a number of them, those ones, they'd be abhorred by 75% because they're usually 85 to like mid nineties. Yeah. And, and they like, also want like a hundred PVA. <laughs> uh, no, they want like 300 PVA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like they, 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 they just, and again, there's no right or wrong, right? We don't judge people. It's kind of like your practice, your style, you serve your tribe. And, um, but like, I'd say 75 are more profitable clients are at 75 or higher and a hundred percent doesn't necessarily mean better. It's just like, we just noticed they're north of 75. Yep. And then uh, you mentioned just briefly there kind of like scheduling your treatment plan out. And that's something we do. And we try to get our front desk and we track the percentage of how many of our treatment plans for our new patients and reactivations did they schedule all of those visits out or at least three weeks of it really is where we well, kind of. And, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, like that was how TrackStat started. So like yeah. years ago, like one of my um, consultants said that just track all your people that are on a treatment plan and make sure that they finish their treatment plan. And we used to do that on, um, I think in Excel back in the day. And then eventually mm -hmm. we moved to like a, like a Google sheet type thing. And that was the first thing that we built when tracks that, that and that recall list that you're talking about. And those were the first two things that we built, not for to selling, 
it was just really for our practice. And I found that when we just made sure that everyone that started a treatment plan, finished a treatment plan, our visits went up, our probability went up. And you don't need any fancy software for that. Um, you just get a list of all your people on a treatment plan and make sure that they finish. You're going to get a better outcome. And I'd say average after looking, I think last year we looked at, I think, 750 chiropractors. The average, the median was somewhere between four and six visits before people dropped off. Four to six and then months. if you look at even the mercy guidelines, right? What do they say? Like three times a week for about a month and then once a week for like one to two months. And I know a lot of people shit on mercy guidelines, but like most chiropractors, they're just treating four to six visits. They're not getting any functional improvement in four to six visits. They're not yeah, getting I, any long-term benefit in four to six visits. I harp on that soapbox often because especially in my evidence-informed crowd is they they talk a lot about movement and function and injury resilience and 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 all that. And then they use pain as the indicator of discharge. And it's like, all right, well, did you fix the the problem, you know, and it doesn't have to be six months to fix a problem, but did, did they actually fix the issue? And are, do you actually think that that patient is complying to the at-home exercise program after three or four visits? Typically not. Uh, so yeah, I'm all, I'm on board with you on that. Now let's go to the, to the OVA. I, I love that number as well, or the, you know, the office visit average or the patient value, uh, however you want to phrase it. That one, I know you probably have good numbers as far as what the average chiropractor is getting on there. I know it's going to be different for the in-network insurance. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, all over the, the place, board. Right? But like, um, I would say most people are wrong about that number. Like the doctors are misinformed. They think it's this number at like a higher number. And very rarely are they, unless they're actually calculating, most of them think it's bigger than it actually is. And it's actually less. So just, you know, for our audience, uh, let's say you have a year's worth of stats. How would you calculate that number? Oh, that's easy. You just, you can see how much you collect per visit on average between all the different visits. Yep. So like, like if, if you're going to just do it by hand, you can look at like your collections, um, you know, in office visits. Yep, exactly. And that's going to get your real number because. You know, like you said, a lot of chiropractors don't know. They they think it's a certain number. It's like, oh, I, I charge X amount per visit. So it's probably $85. They're like, well, you know, in, when you actually do it, it's not. It's like $71 when you do that actual math that's going to give it to you. In Florida, yeah. But like there's a number of people we have that are in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And oh, we yeah. Have a lot in the 30s, 40s, and 50s uh, for collections. And then, yeah, like in Florida, we have... Yeah, some people that are north of there, especially like the big PI clinics, yeah. uh, they're they're collecting a lot per visit. And then, yeah, like we have some people that are like the the niche chiropractors where it's like two to four hundred dollars a visit, yeah. right? Yeah. Where they're focused on like a condition like neuropathy or something like that. Definitely. So that's a good number to know. And then, what are some of the strategies you've seen to increase that number for a particular chiropractor? Oh, it just collect on the services you deliver. Seems like a crazy concept. Um, but like one of the things that we used to do uh, in our practice is we looked at who was coming in tomorrow and we used to do PI insurance and cash and a bunch of stuff. And we put down the approximate amount to collect per patient. Some of them were prepays, so that was easy. Uh, some of them were PIs, so that was easy. And then there was everything in between. 
and like on TrackStat, that's one of the things that we built in there. We made that process super easy. So you could see all the people coming in, you could see what they owe, and you could actually, for some of the systems, you could actually push an alert back to the EHR where, um, you know, it pops up when the patient checks in. And if you collect the money today, it's going to reduce staff time. Because like if someone walks out and they owe 150 bucks, it's going to be seven contacts on average, emails, calls, texts. It's a waste of staff time. And if that bill gets to be too high, then the patient just disappears. They don't want to come back. Yeah. So sure. this helps your cash flow. And one of the things with cash flow is you want to collect faster. Let's take a short break for one of our great sponsors, TrackStat. It is a new type of software plugin for your EHR that combines patient communication, marketing, automation, and statistics with patient and employee tracking. Built by chiropractors for chiropractors, it shows your team what to focus on each day. See patient visit habits missing information, unpaid bills, insurance collection, visit average, and more. Great visibility of data so you can focus on filling your office with your best patients. When you can see what your staff and patients are doing or not doing and take action accordingly, your profits naturally grow. Take TrackStat for a test drive in your office with our free trial. Not a techie, no problem, we can help. To get started, on your free trial, visit trackstat.org and watch the demo. That is trackstat.org. So I want to tie up a loose end here from earlier. Uh, you mentioned bonusing on leading indicators. We went over some leading indicators. What are you seeing from some practices on what they're bonusing their team members? Because I get this question a lot, like, how do I bonus my front desk or my CA or whoever, office manager? So what are some of the bonuses you're seeing on leading indicators in practices? Or, and what are some of your recommendations on bonusing on that? Because it's something I'm considering, even for my um, associate. It kind of depends on the role. And mm -hmm. I like bonusing on things that the person feels like they have control over that. Yeah. And I do like having a North Star goal that everyone's going for. So one of the things I've always liked bonusing on is office visits. Yeah. Super simple, super easy. And I like tying everyone's bonus might be a different dollar amount, but like if everyone's going for a hundred visits, 125, 150, 200, 250, and everyone's going for that same number, you know, they rally around that. It's like, oh crap. It's like, we're four short of hitting the next tier. Right. And like, so we'll bonus them like on a different tier, right? It might be you know, a buck a visit for this person it might be two bucks a visit for this person, but like everyone is tied into that. So mm -hmm. that's why improving your profitability is great. And then making sure you collect on those visits is also great. Um, so I, I personally am a big fan of the office visit for a bonus. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a good one. And then you know, I'm, I'm not sure when this episode comes out, if I still will be in the process of hiring a clinical director, but currently am uh, in different options on that. And one of the things I'm looking at is as far as that chiropractor is, okay, what would be a very healthy salary? And then what would be a healthy bonus on results on, you know, lagging or, or trailing indicators like collections or office visits? But then what would be some, a moderate bonus each month on, on the leading indicators? Like, okay. You know, did we get our videos recorded in shop for marketing? Did we, did we, uh, how many external events did we do? You like said some things that we agree upon there and, and maybe tie in a, a $500 a month bonus for the doctor on that. So it's something I'm, 
I'm kind of messing around with, and, and I think it could be good. Obviously, we want to have intrinsically motivated people, but to a certain point, bonusing is always good and is going to uh, add a little bit to that uh, motivation. And, and and not everyone's bonused by money, but um, so we'll have like individual bonuses, and then we'll usually have like a, a team bonuses, and you might have other things on there. So like you know, one thing I've always liked is everyone gets a new pair of kicks. You know, like on a quarter, that's a, that's a game that a lot of people like. You could have them buy like something and just set it up in the office. And if they hit that number, they get that prize. But I like team goals and individual goals. So like the office visit, everyone could rally around collections. Um, I see some clients where they like that transparency and everything is shared and open. And I see some people where they don't want to share that and bonus on that. And then if you had like, say, kind of like a new patient care coordinator or case manager, you might bonus them on like kind of like new patients, the ones that schedule the second visit and how many conversions they had. But like bonusing, say, a front desk that doesn't control that process, I think it can be kind of like almost like disheartening or whatever, because like it goes up or down and they have no control. Over yeah, yeah. No, it's, so. it's a very good point to that. And, you, you know, we, we, we keep on mentioning that profit thing and we're trying to connect the dots for our audience of like, okay, these are some of the things you need to be doing as far as tracking and implementing and, and actually doing the things that they're learning so that then there are more profits so that you can give back to your team. You can bring on better team members. The, the better team members you have uh, and the more of them within reason is going to serve that patient even more. It's going to allow you as the chiropractor to really focus on your unique ability so that you can prevent burnout, you know, uh, and you're not just busy and, and, and you're, you know, redlining it every month. And so that's what we're trying to get these coverage to understand. And but these like numbers are huge. activities are things that I like a lot. Yeah. So focus on activities and I haven't really seen anything out there that does a good job. We have some stuff, but like one of the things that we're going to, you know, like the direction we're going in is like ultimately creating like an activities thing where you track this many outbound calls, this many outbound texts, this many outbound emails, and this many attempts. And you know that a front desk, I'm just making it up, like a front desk admin that's successful does 200 of these things a week, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, maybe a provider doesn't have as much time, but like a provider is responsible for doing like 25 outbound things a week. But like, and if they focus on activities, because if you look at a lot of these great sales-led things, they'll track activities. And they know that if they do this many outbound calls or this many outbound whatevers, it will eventually translate into sales. So yeah. like, just get your reps in. So like we have tracking on that. One of the things that we need to add in down the line is like outbound calls because we're not linking into the phones yet. Yeah, gotcha. So speaking of, of tracks that, uh, give us a little bit about the information that I know you're probably compatible with some EHRs, like what, is, you know, give us a, a kind of an overview of what this looks like for the chiropractor. Um, the main thing it does is it automates a lot of backend busy work mm -hmm. that the admin people have to do from softwares that they're already paying for, you know, appointment reminders, reviews, online scheduling, uh, reactivations. And then it will show the frontline people and the back office people what they need to focus on today. Like if we just look at our, your no future appointment list, right? 
So you have that list in alphabetical order, but we know their insurance. We know how much they pay. We know how much they pay per visit. We know if they have money on account. We know the likelihood of them scheduling based on past behavior. And our algorithm will put people at the top that are more valuable and more likely to schedule at the top of the list and less likely to schedule and less valuable at the bottom. And if a practice wants to sort and sift it other ways based on insurance or appointment type, they can choose to do that. But if an admin person just hits that list for five minutes a day, boom, uh, that's all they have to do. Uh, we make it like rescheduling, cancel the missed appointments. Another thing I think is important. So we make it easy to find those people and we measure that. And if front desk knows that they're being measured on it, surprise, surprise, they do a better job at that. Um, and then, yeah, like any of the stats that you want, it'll do that. Um, but like the thing about stats, unless the staff is bonused on them, usually they don't give a rip. So we focus on all those activities. And if they do all that right activities, the numbers go up. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Cause you know, I feel like in, in our practices, you know, we're, we get stuck in the morose of everything and it's like, you don't know, you, you had 10 new patients that week and you're not sure which ones didn't even reschedule for their next one. Your staff hasn't tracked any of that. There is just kind of shits everywhere, you know? And, and we have all the workflows. Like back in the day, we had like a popular stats uh, software that's out there. We had seven Google Sheets. We had Infusionsoft and we had a texting platform. Nothing talked to each other and it was a pain in the butt. So all those like new patient trackers that you teach your clients to do, we have that. We have um, like, uh, we had this PI tracker tracking all the cases where they're at with attorneys, all that. That is all pre-built, automated. All the stats things were automated. Treatment plan trackers. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things. Like if someone wanted to do, if you wanted to do a recall campaign to Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Aetna, United patients that spent $300 or more between the ages of 30 and 55, that haven't been in for four months or longer, it takes you two seconds to generate that list. And you could do texts and emails in the next, like, you know, one to two minutes, however long it takes you to generate that. That's awesome. And you um, could create a call list too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm looking at your list of features and, and that PI work comp case management definitely uh, struck a chord with me on that because especially in Florida, you know, we probably do three. <laughs> we four. have a number of Florida people. Yeah, it's, I, you know, it's a whole animal down here. We, we do about three to four new PIs a month. So we're, we're more of a sports-based practice, but we do get it. And even with that number, it's like, okay, did we get this one to an MRI or an ortho? Who's their attorney? Like, it's just, it's a disaster. We have a Google sheet right now, um, but it sounds like this allows- it, It's not sortable. We're pulling all that information. We know visits, revenue, attorney, attorney phone number. We're pulling all that. And then you'll have different stages, right? They're in treatment. You know, there's imaging, they're done treatment. You're waiting for like maybe some kind of a PIP suit. You can manage your EMCs in there, which and other states that would be like your lean, right? Yep. Um, but it's, we did uh, not a ton of PI, but we did like 10 plus new ones a month. Uh, so we had enough experience with that. We even on our treatment plan tracker, we track like weekly frequency. So you could see if they're being good or bad. Are they hitting at least one visit a week or two or three or whatever you recommend? That's so awesome. like uh, for the PI people, we have some very PI niche things in there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I love it. A lot of good stuff on there. Um, how can they find more information? Send them to that. I'd, I'd love to have them look at it, maybe get a demo and see how this can work with their practice. 
Yeah, um, they could just go to trackstat.org, T-R-A-C-K-N-S-T-A-T.org, go to the website, click the button, watch a demo. There's a two-minute video, and then right from there, they could just schedule a Zoom. If it seems like it's a right fit, they just start a free trial. Um, if it's a cloud-based software, um, they usually have to subscribe or connect it somehow. And if it's a server-based one, we have to install it. And then from there, we just give them a walkthrough on how it works with their data. Let them play around with it. They like it. They can keep it. If they don't, they could drop it. Um, but I would say virtually everyone that starts on it continues with it. Yeah, one of our mastermind uh, members not that long ago uh, added it to his practice, and and he's been uh, raving about it. So, uh, kudos to you on that. And it's exciting stuff. It's it's really uh, things that you know. Ten years ago, we had to keep on putting Google Sheets and Excel spreadsheet together. We can now actually put in one spot and connect it to other things we're doing. Uh, it makes everybody's life a lot easier. And as you know, if you don't track these things, how are you going to ever measure and grow it and actually make progress with it? So this is a big step forward with that. And uh, thanks for the the time today. This was awesome. So last thing I'll leave it with and kind of uh, go from there with it. But Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, he he asked doctors, he's like, are you a doctor or are you an entrepreneur that happens to be a doctor? And I feel like you and I are kindred spirits in that. And it's always seeing... It's always fun seeing people that are really pushing the envelope. So I thank you for doing that and being a credit to the profession. Yeah, no. And I was in uh, Dan's group too. He was definitely a big featured thinker. And uh, you can see a lot of his stuff that's been ripped off and retaught by oh. other people. Uh, but yeah, it's, I love business. Like for me, I just, um, I love like kind of like the startup, the growing is like, for me, I just love it. And for some people, they just want a more profitable practice. And I think there's nothing wrong with it. And I'd say like the takeaways, just like focus on collecting for the services that you deliver, mm -hmm. focus on increasing your weekly visits, but not the end all be all schedule people when they leave. And if you just do those three things, a lot of good things happen. And then Read books, listen to the podcast, but like I'd say the biggest difference between the people that are like kind of like the top ones and the bottom ones is execution. And, you know, like I will fully admit that I've executed th some things poorly, but I iterate until I get it right. And I'm pretty sure you've executed some things poorly and you iterate okay. until you get it right. And you just, you just try to fail faster. And, you know, like I think that's a great thing about coaching groups, kind of like what you have is. You have this community and they're okay if you fail faster and, you know, books, courses, podcasts are great, but like you get out there and you start doing stuff. Like I did a, a talk for Palmer West a couple of weeks ago and talking about sales and things like that. And I said, one of the best things out there is just do some spinal screenings, right? It's like, it's the best way to go out there and fail frequently and talk to the public. And, you know, a, a lot of people... They don't like spinal screenings, but I think that was like, I hated it. I was like stinking good at it, but like, I hated it. But like one of my mentors, he just had me do screening after screening. And I was like yeah. doing them every freaking weekend and it helps. And I used to be, I wouldn't say I'm an extrovert, but like, I'm definitely not an introvert. Like I'm on that slight extroverted line. Yeah. And one of the things they had me do is like, I talked to like three random people in the grocery store. Um, or three random people at the gym. And I, that's one of the first things I did when I was uh, just about graduating and graduating. And I, I just started talking to more people 
And eventually I pushed that edge of uncomfortableness and now it just gets further and further and further. So it's like, start taking action. If you mess up, you know, like unless you're doing something crazy illegal, like most of the time you could pick yourself up. Yeah. For me, it was like public speaking and health workshops in the community. I, I did so many of them. It was not comfortable, but I did it and I became good at it. And, and it was a big practice growth for me. And now it doesn't, you know, I could, I can speak in front of large audiences. So it was just kind of step-by-step -step process. And uh, I, I wish more chiropractors would, would get out in the community and do those things. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's awesome. But yeah, thanks for having me. I know you keep these things short and sweet and, yeah. you know, love to be on here another time. Absolutely. I appreciate everything you're doing and we'll be talking soon. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to make the shift from busy, broke, and broken to time-free and cash confident, or you just want to continue with the exponential growth, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab, watch the short video on there, and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos. We help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos, you send them to us, we produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels. We also take them and we turn it into one good blog per month. And every other month, we have Darcy Sullivan producing a robust blog with a topic that you pick from her database to help with your SEO. So we essentially become your content marketing agency to make sure your practice is always having ethical, elegant content marketing to help grow your practice. On the coaching side, we also help you with everything from marketing ideas to business, communications, finances, anything practice growth and really try to help prevent you from being stuck on that island. And we hold you accountable. We have a great group of doctors that are just doing amazing things. And we look forward to help you out to take that next step in your practice. So again, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com and learn more.